0: In this episode we're going to address do you prefer sitting or standing while you are playing? And I have some thoughts about this because it's actually something that that I've been playing around with quite a bit and I have my my tips for it.
1: Hey there music makers! I'm Hayes Griffin. I'm Magnus Sedelon. And welcome to Mandolin Secrets Live, a bi-weekly show where we take a deeper look at what's happening in the world of mandolin secrets. Each episode, we're going to tackle our questions of the week, unpack the latest mandolin secrets lessons, and answer your questions about mandolin, guitar, and all things music. In this week's episode, we're going to be discussing our last couple questions of the week. Have you ever played an instrument with torrified wood, and what did you think about it? And do you prefer sitting or standing while you play, and why do you prefer that? Um, But uh, before we dive into this week's discussion, uh, be sure to head to mandolinsecrets.com forward slash live to sign up for reminders about our upcoming streams. And if you can't tune in live, never fear. Just search Mandolin Secrets Live on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to get updates when we release a new episode. Now, before we go ahead and dive into those questions of the week, I know that Magnus has something that he wants to share with us here. What's going on in your world, Magnus? (laughs) Well, here's what's going on right now. I'm preparing for... A webinar,
0: a free webinar coming up on this Saturday, the 25th. So I want to invite all listeners to the podcast and the live stream to show up for this if you yeah, interested. And it's going to be like all dedicated to the mandolin fretboard and more specifically about
1: improvisation and up-the-neck playing sounds like some pretty cool stuff to me i I, i've i've already got my seat so i'm i'm ready and raring to go for the webinar man (laughs) yeah that's good and i i'm hoping we will get be a big
0: group of people there's a lot of people registered and uh, but there's still seats
1: available great yeah well Mm. if you folks are interested out there then uh be sure to be sure to sign up for that we'll have links and everything in the episode description um and and whatnot um but yeah, yeah and I, I can actually fun. also drop it here it's
0: just if you're going to the website mandolinsecrets.com you will find the, it's the link is on the first page but if you want to go straight up to the register page you just also put a like forward slash webinar there mandolinsecrets.com forward slash webinar and yeah. uh, the, the things that that there's a couple of things that I actually asked the community: What do you want me to include in this webinar? And there were the majority of people wanted it to be centered around improvisation, and also up the neck playing is a thing. And up the neck playing, when we're talking about that, that is it, like using the entire fretboard basically. Because when we start out playing mandolin. We usually play in the like the open position using the open strings and all that but if we want to go into more intermediate and advanced we got to use this thing that we call closed position and how we can use the upper part of the neck
1: Well, that sounds pretty uh, awesome to me, man. That's uh, definitely essential skills for the mandolin.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and and the thing that that for me has been the most essential skill for my improvisation uh, uh, skill set is when I learned how to make like how I could turn like chords into a single note melody. Because you know, when we start out, and you see a chord sequence, let's say there's a song C F G C. If we see that chord chart, we immediately think it's about playing backup and comping. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but 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 as an improviser, we can actually turn that in for information to a single note melody. And when I realized how we do that and how we outline a chord change, that was when my improvisation, yeah, came, came to the next level sort of. So that, that's the thing that I
1: wanted to like, uncover in the webinar. Uh, well, it sounds like we're going to have lots of uh, what I want to say uh, adept improvisers, once this web webinar is over, man, it sounds like you're hitting on all of the, the mandolin secrets for everyone right there. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to see what you got. Yeah, but
0: that's for the upcoming Saturday. So, if you're not signed up yet, uh, go do it right now, and I'll see you on Saturday.
1: But yeah, and the... just a reminder that's mandolinsecrets.com forward slash webinar to sign up. That, that's it, exactly. <laughs> But I also like the other questions you had there. So, which where
0: which one do we start with?
1: Yeah, I think the one that I want to start with is the one from two weeks ago in the Facebook group. There, um, have you ever played an instrument with torified wood, and what do you think about that? The, I guess it's I have selfish reasons for wanting to start with this question because I just purchased an instrument with torified wood. Um, mm. <laughs> but uh, this, you know, for those of you out there. This is kind of like the what I want to say the latest trend in instrument building. It seems like for acoustic instruments, wouldn't you say so, Magnus? Like a lot of builders seem to be using this this torified wood thing these days. Yeah, I, I, you know much more about this than me, cause uh, yeah, I, I actually
0: haven't hadn't like heard about it specifically until you described what it actually was. I heard yeah. it I heard this thing like aged wood and all that but I didn't know what that really meant.
1: Yeah, and that's I guess that's what I wanted to help unpack here for a second. So mm-hmm. tor some people call it torrefaction, some people call it roasted wood, some people mm-hmm. call it aged wood like you were talking about. There are mm-hmm. a lot of different names, but for those of you out there who don't know what what torrefied wood is, it's a it's a really interesting process actually they take wood and they put it in a vacuum mm-hmm. and then heat it to the like the point the temperature just before it combusts before it sets fire mm. um and what this does is kind of um allows a lot of the resin and sap and all mm-hmm. of the like kind of a lot of the organic material uh, to burn off yeah in in the wood and um, some folks say that this uh kind of mimics the process of what happens to your instrument's wood naturally over time, mm. because you know a hundred year old instrument like a, a Gibson mandolin from the 1920s, yeah. uh, the the resins and all of these things have kind of evaporated out of the wood, so this is supposed yeah. to kind of replicate that mm. um, now I've heard that there are definite differences between the natural process versus the tor- or torrefaction process, mm-hmm. um, but I think it that's makes sense. I mean, yeah, I mean, it seems
0: logic that that it should work. So right, and that, I that was kind of my thought. Yeah, and I mean, I don't have a. I have very old instruments. I have some guitars older than hundred years old, and I can tell how they are. They have this crispy sound that is, I think, it's probably, well, if not all, impossible, but very hard to find in a new instrument. And that's maybe I,
1: probably because of how it's aged. I would totally agree. And, you know, I, I think that there is a lot of support behind the fact that vintage instruments generally do have that crisp, uh, mm. resonant kind of quality like you were talking about. And... In my experience with torrified instruments, they do have that quality Mm. more naturally out of the um, box than than like a new instrument without torrified wood. Mm. It was interesting to see the comments that came into the Facebook group because Mm -hmm. some people um, (laughs) – we have the most diplomatic group of people in the Facebook group because it it was seriously split down the middle. Half of them were like, yes, I've played one, but I couldn't tell a difference. And then the other people Mm -hmm. were like, yes, I've played one. And it was – a huge difference. I'll never buy anything other than a torified instrument ever um, again. You know, yeah. Um, but I think there's something to it. Like you said, it's just logical, right? That if you yeah. get rid of those kind of elements in the wood, that it will have that more naturally resonant kind of tone. Yeah. Um, and I hate to say this, the fact that so I just bought a red diamond. We talked about that in the last mm-hmm. episode, I think. Um, and Don Mcrosty, the guy that makes red diamonds. The fact that he was sold on this process was enough to tell me that it was there was something to it because he's a very kind of scientifically yeah. minded instrument builder, you mm, know. Mm. Um, yeah, for those what of you that t- don't know his, oh yeah, go
0: ahead. No, but you also what you told me about him, I could tell that he he's the one that that makes research for these kind of, of things, not exactly. only like buying a concept and. Uh, but but i mean doing his own I- investigation
1: yeah experiments and and mm. replicating it like it's a very scientific process the way that he makes his instruments and he voices them after lloyd lore mandolins that he's had in his possession and stuff so there's a very uh, i I'd, i wouldn't take it lightly if don was into it you know what no. i mean so that that was kind of the thing that made me think there was something to it um yeah but yeah for those of you that don't know about torified instruments or anything like that um you know, hop into the Facebook group out there and, and check the the thread. I posted a link that kind of describes in greater detail how they mm. they torrify the wood and all that kind mm. of stuff. Um, but but it might be something for you to check out if you're in the way that I see it. If you're hunting for that vintage tone, but you don't mm. have the uh, the money to buy, you know, mm. a pre-war Martin guitar or a Lloyd-Lore yeah. mandolin, this could be a good way to yeah. replicate that. I think it makes uh, so much sense, and it,
0: it will be very interesting to see also how these uh, torrified instruments, how they age.
1: Yeah. Sort of, because
0: uh, uh, I mean, once it's been around for let's say thirty, forty years, maybe at that point they are like, uh, yeah, very dry and
1: crispy, and, and all the all the yeah. good things. Mm. I'm excited to see what mine sounds like in 30 years. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well, that's awesome. probably enough on the old Torrified Wood stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the next question of the week uh, that that we had, and this seems like kind of a, a simple question to ask, but, you know, do you prefer sitting or standing while you play? Um, I wanted to ask this question specifically so I could hear your answer to it, because I know you've got a lot of thoughts on this, Magnus. Um but people, once again, in the Facebook group, they were split pretty evenly. A lot of them were like, "Well, I sit because I have back problems, or I stand because I have back problems." You know, it was like, yeah, really evenly split. So, what are your thoughts on this? Do you prefer sitting or standing, and and why? Here's the thing: I always, if I go back like 15
0: years ago, I I, w- I preferred sitting. It gives mm-hmm. a better like little bit of control while sitting and all that. But uh, that fifteen years ago is also when I, I got more serious, being on stage, and I just felt more expressive, more uh, dynamic, standing up playing. So and but that that there was a little bit of conflict there because I played better sitting, but I preferred <laughs> perform standing.
1: You see the That's conflict, funny. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> So, I actually, uh, and the the thing I the, then started also like when I'm in in the practice room when I'm rehearsing, I also tr- try to stand up as much as possible because I wanted to even out that little conflict there. And one thing that really helped me also, I realized I I uh, I'm not talking about mandolin playing first. I put a I always wear a strap for my instrument, and I started to wear the instrument in the same a little bit shorter than before, so that it actually sits at the same spot if I'm sitting or standing. So by doing that, I realized that I don't lose any of my chops or or my skills because I wanted to stand up. So, um, um, that has really helped me. And I, I don't know, how do you feel? Can you feel, do you feel more expressive on stage if you're
1: standing up? or? I always felt like I did. I Yeah, mm. I, I don't know if it was an illusion, you know, something that was just inside of my mind. But I definitely did feel more expressive while standing, you know. Mm. that Standing was always kind of my preferred way of doing it. Yeah. Um. But I've kind of landed on the same, uh, what I want to say, solution that you were talking about there. You mm-hmm. have to, cre- I think you should create a, a kind of posture that can be dynamic. Like you should be able to hold your instrument in a way that makes it the same when you're sitting or standing, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, it's like you're having to learn two different instruments, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, um, it, it makes very much sense to...
0: To try to do, yeah, the same posture sort of,
1: even yeah. if, though you're sitting or standing. Agreed. Um, and I want—I just want to give a shout out right now to uh, Andrew Collins, a great mandolin player and educator out there. He actually yeah. uh, pretty much said the exact same thing that you and I were talking about here as oh. his response in the Facebook thread. Mm. Um, so thanks for for chiming into the conversation there, Andrew. That's that's yeah. good stuff, buddy. Um, really good. Yeah, and and also for I think this this
0: uh, when I I'm talking about being more expressive when standing up, I'm I'm actually looking at it from the view of an audience, sort of. Y- yes. Yeah. So so, so I, I it was or it is easier for me to kind of r- pass the stage border or what do you call it. <laughs> If I have if and I can move a little bit, it's easier to interplay with my the the, the people that I'm playing with. S- still, with this said, sometimes I'm actually sitting on stage as well because when reading music, for example, I prefer sitting. Um, and the, I play with uh, some musicians that because of the reasons we just talked about, they really prefer sitting. My, yes. my my um, uh, mandolin buddy Petri Hakala from Finland, my my mentor, my teacher that I also do concerts with, he's he want to sit because he thinks the, the music comes out best that way. And <laughs> yeah, if, Pe- if Petri want to sit on stage, I sit on stage. <laughs> so so I also, but again, then I then I have the. I can use the same technique, sitting or standing, because of this solution that we have talked about with the strap.
1: Yeah, I, I think the, the key word for this discussion is uh, what dynamic, right? Being able to, to do it in both situations, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's <Perfect>. funny, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I think that actually wraps up this uh, week's call. And this is a little bit shorter than normal, but the facts also I have um, two kids at the, at the moment being at home with a flu. Uh, uh, my, my son Victor, he's nine years old. he tested negative. We got the answer today. so it's not the COVID thing. it's just the normal like school start flu, you know. but, yeah. um, but I hope you don't mind. I really appreciate that everyone like showed up here for us here today.
1: But it's a little bit shorter, but short and sweet is not that bad, is it? No, not at all. And we still got some some good discussion going on here. Um, But uh, since we're wrapping things up, I just want to remind you folks out there that we are going to be back in two weeks for another show. So uh, head to mandolinsecrets.com forward slash live for more information on how to keep up with the show. And if you're listening uh, in live with us right now, remember that webinar that Magnus has coming up this Saturday at... Is it 1 p.m. Eastern time? That's it. And uh, the the, the, the date that we're talking about is September 25th. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah. and for more information on that, just go to mandolinsecrets.com forward slash (laughs) webinar. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, thanks everyone out there. And until
0: next time, don't forget, always remember to be a music maker.